You're listening to season one of By Shawnita, Natural Sisters novella, My Crowning Glory, chapter nine. Thank you all for your prompt attention to these new procedures. We'll take 90 minutes for lunch and finish going over the rest of the information this afternoon. The microphone buzzed and large screen went blank. Janie sighed. I'm famished. You want turkey and bacon or chicken salad? Um, turkey. But how do you know what they are serving? Janie laughed. We always have boxed lunch for these meetings, but there is a food court close enough if you want to go. That is why we get 90 minutes. Your call. I'm okay with the box lunch. Janie nodded and walked away. A tall young woman who sat with us looked around. She leaned toward me. You're the new fellow, Anissa, right? Yes, and your name? I extended my hand. Pauline. My fellowship is with Chip Matthews. He is on the floor beneath you. Janie beat him out for the position she is in now. Pauline scooted closer to me. Word around the building is you're some kind of dynamo, like her golden ticket to the next promotion, if you're able to deliver, unlike her last two fellowship candidates. Oh, thank you, I think. What do you mean if? My work to date, excuse me for sounding arrogant, has been flawless and ahead of schedule. My curiosity to know what everyone said about my boss and me overruled the desire to scoot away from her. Yes, but the thing about SHF and any business outside of niche demographics is that you have to have the total package. If one thing is perceived to be an obstacle to garnering the best results and making the best impression in every situation, you'll be overlooked for someone with the universal appeal. Total package is best in this market. Pauline sat straight and nodded. Her eyes rose to my hairline. WTF? This chick mistook my proper diction and ability to speak in complete sentences for my being easy to intimidate. The curse of being a suburban black girl reared its head again. Same thing happened in graduate school. Once the students in my cell realized I wasn't some charity case, scholarship, or affirmative action statistic, they started to consider me competition. (laughs) By that time, I'd already secured a spot in the top 5% that I scratched, kicked, and fought to maintain until graduation. I appreciate that insight into the ugly inner workings of the SHF and mainstream corporations. I'll be sure to give it the proper attention it deserves. Good, because Chip heard them talking about Janie's need to deliver an exceptional fellow this time. You know, to make up for the duds she selected the last two years. Pauline shook her hair. I told him the good things I heard about you. He said he hoped you worked out. They came in together, as we did, so a lot of their reviews and promotions are simultaneous. He plans to go for the same position she is priming for when they both go up for promotion. Just one of the odd quirks about the way the SHF works. It would be a shame for Janie to miss her promotion and be slowed to a stop because of something as simple as a misunderstanding about appropriate presentation. Simultaneous promotions that caused co-workers to be combative and compete in an unhealthy way is a quirk. Where do they do that? The FHA. 
FHF. Maybe I should look into how I can use my degree in the corporate world. Being a health advocate in the for-profit sector didn't make me a sellout. It meant I might live the champagne life Zoe thought the FHF delivered. Yes, that would be a shame. Friday night used to be girls' night, but with Ebony's baby's daddy going back out of state to work for the summer and Portia having to travel into Atlanta for a big project, we flipped it to Saturday. This meant Wilson and I changed our date night to Friday, which T loved more than I thought he would. Without the excuse of church or community service breakfast, he thought I'd changed my mind about spending the night over his house. Nope. You really aren't going to stay overnight. We don't have to do anything, Anissa. I just want to hold you. He nibbled on the spot behind my ear that made me leave early last week. That sounded good, but what you're doing says something else. Stop or I'll leave now. My arms moved from his neck to my sides. He kissed my neck and pulled away from me. One of the reasons I continued to question going natural because Wilson respected my decision to wait until I got married to have sex. My parents wore my virginity like a badge of honor, more than I did. For me, it didn't make sense to do it now. After holding out through high school and college, it helped me filter out the men from the boys. Wilson always backed off when I asked. That held weight for me when other guys nursed more than egos if they pretended not to hear me say no or stop. Don't leave, Anissa. We haven't been able to hang out like this since last month. You look cute. He lifted my hand to his lips. I mean it. That is why I can't keep my hands or lips off of you tonight. Thanks. Tanya said I'm getting better at maintaining my styles between appointments. She taught me how to do this style when Portia and I went together last month. My smile dropped in response to the frown on his face. Portia that used to see my cousin Peaches, Portia? She went to the natural stylist with you? Come on, Anissa. You're killing me. You know I'm not going to be able to bring you home as wifey when you are taking food out of my future niece and nephew's mouths. Wilson bounced his knee up and down. So now you want me to be responsible for someone who has never really liked me as much as she liked my money, has bad customer service, and practically pushed my friend into trying to style us in the shop with Tanya. You have me twisted with someone else. Portia, leaving your cousin to try a new stylist is Peach's fault, not mine. You make me think you're happy she left Peach's as a client when you say stuff like that. That is not how my family operates, Anissa. We take care of each other. We're not perfect, but we support each other. If I give you my last name, we'll expect you to do the same thing, even when things aren't Cosby perfect. We support and take care of each other. He patted my knee. We work things out. You should have told me how you felt about Peaches. I would have talked to her. No, I shouldn't because I'm a grown woman and it wasn't a big deal. She didn't treat me worse than any of her other clients. Peaches is a great stylist, just not the best people person. We don't coddle each other in my family. We expect people to take responsibility for their actions and learn from their mistakes. This is what I, this is what I was talking about before. You're so different since you started trying to go natural. You never talked to me like this before. Nothing I say matters to you anymore. You want everything your way and never mind what anyone else says. Wilson turned his body so he faced me. I care what you think, Wilson. I just am not going to change my mind about something as personal as my hair because it isn't what you want. I'm supposed to live my life based on your preferences. 
That doesn't make any sense. My body mirrored his. For the record, I'm not trying to go natural. It's done. I've been without a relaxer for months. And as soon as I decide when, all of this relaxer is being cut off. Not if, when, Wilson. So you don't care that Peaches has lost two clients and our relationship is on shaky ground all because you want to see what you'll look like with, you don't even know how your hair looks when you cut it off. He grabbed my hands and leaned forward. Don't you care how this is affecting anyone else, Anissa? Your father doesn't even want you to do this, which has to mean something to you. No, he doesn't want me to do it, but he isn't threatening to stop being my father. Dad isn't accusing me of being selfish or whatever it is you're trying to call me. You're upset because I changed my mind about wearing my hair the way it has been since the third grade. You know how crazy that sounds? I'm okay with changing my hair. You're freaked out. You, you're you so freaked out. You can't accept it, that I've done it. Well, I'm not going to apologize for feeling this way. I know what is going to happen next until you cut it off and I see it. I can't help it if that is how I feel. Wilson waited for me to answer him, but I couldn't. He didn't know what was going to happen in our future until he knew if he would like how I looked with my natural hair. The word to describe how that made me feel floated around in my heart, trapped between it and my brain. I loved this man more than I knew I could love someone because of the way he respected my chastity, but the respect seemed to stop at my bedroom door. The thought he stuck around and talked about marriage so much was because he wanted to be my first, bounced around my brain a few times, but seemed to stick around and linger more ever since I told him about my decision to cut off my hair. Fake apologies have never been your style, Wilson. No need to start using them now. There is supposed to be a spidey sense, like feeling you get in the pit of the stomach when you're about to be ambushed. If I had that feeling, it would have been activated when my parents invited me for dinner Sunday after Wilson and I fought again about my hair. But it didn't happen. They lured me into their trap. They promised to invite a special guest I'd love to see. No one understood how much I loved surprises more than my mother did. So of course I said yes. My spidey tinglys would have kicked in if they worked. I'm going to be checked because I know people who have this feeling. They aren't ambushed over sweet potatoes. My mother opened the door before I rang the bell. She only beat me to the doorbell when she watched the street from the panoramic picture window in the kitchen. This meant the guest was going to be someone super special. Hi, mother. Don't hi, mother me. You arrived early on purpose to find out who the special dinner guest is going to be. You never were a patient child. Her arms embraced me. Felt good to hug someone who wanted me to be happy, even if they didn't like my decision. You're right. I came early, but it didn't work. He isn't even here. My eyebrow rose. I held my breath. <laughs> nice try. Go to the den. Your father is watching television. Have a nice visit. Her hands pushed harder than her tone. He perked up when I walked into the room. His recliner popped up and I folded into the warmest hug on this side of heaven. Warm lips pressed to my forehead and for a few moments, all was well in the world. Hey, Donut. What you watching, Daddy? I sat on the end of the couch closest to his recliner. It smelled like Old Spice and Sandalwood. History Channel. He turned his attention back to the television. A commercial interrupted the program and he turned his attention back to me. 
what's happening with your hair? Looks like you went back to your old stylist. No. Just had time to press it for the meeting next week. Wanted to give the transitional styles a break. Hmm. Uh-oh. I knew that grunt. He wanted to talk about something, and the hair talk was a stall tactic. The doorbell rang. Anissa, your guest is here. My mother's voice pulled me from the conversation. I was sure I didn't want to endure. Mitchell, come on, dinner is ready in the dining room. Mom! My feet made their way to my godmother so fast, I almost tripped over them. I would have never guessed it was you. Yay! Maya, you look good. My dad gave her a quick squeeze. Dinner looks good, Phyllis. We held hands and my dad blessed the food. So how is your job going? My godmother sipped her water. These sneaks didn't play fair, called in their ringer to convince me not to go natural. Good. Just finished the preliminary research for a campaign we're going to launch in the fall. Had an interesting talk with one of the other fellows about my hair, but I'm sure you already know about that because that is why Mama and Daddy called you over here. I piled my plate high with food. Now what makes you say that? My godmother winked at me. Don't you guys think I'm a little old for this? My goodness, you'd think I was trying to move to Istanbul to marry a prince. I met on an internet site for marrying royalty or something crazy instead of changing my hair. Both of my mothers laughed at a joke they shared, but no one said aloud. Your parents told me what happened, and I talked with Janie about the pressure she is under to perform and produce a fellow who doesn't leave her short like the last two. She is under an extreme amount of pressure. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life or wear your hair. I will say, I want you to think about the long-term impact of all of your decisions. My godmother picked up a drumstick. I think what Maya is saying is you should give wearing your hair straight some more time, at least until you are offered a permanent position with the FHF after you complete your fellowship. We don't think it should matter. You can change your hair anytime. This is your livelihood. Your impression and reputation today will follow you the rest of your life. Think about that while you're trying to decide what to do about your hair. My father took a sip from his cup of tea. Maya isn't saying that at all, Mitchell. My godmother sat her drumstick back on her plate. You know how Mitchell is, Maya. Look, Anissa, I understand your desire to change your look, but this is so drastic. It seems like more of a political statement than a style preference. People might not take the time to understand why you're doing it and judge you unfairly. You've worked so hard to get where you are. Think about what a drastic change could cost you. My mother patted my hand. Just think about it. You have my support either way, but I think you should wait. If everyone is done putting words in my mouth, I'll say what I should have said before. My godmother turned my head, took my chin in her hands, and lifted my face up so we were at eye level. You're a brilliant, beautiful, strong woman, Anissa. You've grown into someone more amazing than I ever imagined. I say... Do whatever you want to do with your hair because life is too short to live it for other people, including these beautiful people giving both of us the evil eye. We giggled as she let go of my face. You think so, Mom? She touched my hand. I know so. I'm sorry, Mitchell and Phyllis, but she isn't a little girl anymore. She is capable of making good decisions because we taught her. You all know that I've always told her is to follow her heart. That is fine for you, Maya, but you know that it isn't that easy in the real world. You face the same double standard and stringent biases Janie and now Anissa deal with at the FHF. 
Jamie's career advancement is on the line. And I don't want Anissa to have to work five times as hard as everyone else to have access to the same opportunities. My mother touched my other hand. Can't you see we just want what is best for you? But mom, I'm going to work my best and hardest like I've always done. I want to be happy doing it because I've been true to myself. And right now, that means going natural. Please respect that. I've made up my mind because I'd hate to start avoiding coming home because I think you're going to keep trying to change my mind. My mother nodded and looked down at her plate. My father returned my gaze. Daddy, you too. <laughs> he picked up a chicken breast. You have always been stubborn, just like your father. My mother said, she has his stubbornness and your work ethic. I think she'll be fine, Phyllis. I'll call Janie and talk to her. Our line needs to get together for anniversary soon. Maya said, my mother nodded and closed her eyes. Thank you, I mouthed to my godmother. She winked. No one knew how to smooth things over in the Lynx household like my godmother. My parents appeared to have accepted my decision to go natural. Everything my godmother said was true. The only thing standing between me and a pair of clippers was the right moment in my conflicted heart. I hope you enjoyed My Crowning Glory, Chapter 9, written in red by Shawnita. Subscribe to hear Chapter 10 next week Wednesday.